and believing that God is going to move in each and every need of every name we mention here tonight. And so let's keep Robert Newberry and Jimmy Black in our prayers, Jonathan Crawford, Alex Stevens, Nell Fleming, Lori Jenkins, Miller Gambari, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, T.W. Hush, Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Kathy Caldwell, Nelson and Missy Miller, Michael Green, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Brother and Sister Trinado, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, George and Mildred Pratt. And now is the opportunity, it's a great opportunity to, if you have a need, and many of us do, to not just pray by yourself about it, but to come forward with ministers to anoint you with oil, be surrounded by believers and pray and believe and look to see a change in your situation. So we're going to open up our altars right now and ministers will anoint you with oil. We're going to step out in faith and believe that God is going to move. Father, I believe and I know. I've seen what you've done in the past. I've read of what you've done and I look forward to seeing more of what you can do in the future. And God, I pray that you move now in people's needs, that your will is done, and that we open up our hearts and we step out in faith, and that you begin to minister in every need spiritually, physically, financially, in Jesus' name. Your love inside of me. 
abundantly more than we ask or think lord you will never fail your name is powerful your words unstoppable all things are possible
not just saying things, but take a moment and actually just pray. God, we don't want to just sing your scriptures, God. We want to believe everything we're singing. God, I truly believe that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that this human mind can think. Come on, lift up praises. Come on, we didn't come just to check off a box. We came to entertain the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, we lift up our voices to you. We bless your name, your mighty God. I will not go through a routine, God. Whatever you want to do in this place, have your way, God. I pray against tiredness, lethargy, weariness, God. I rebuke it in your name, Jesus, not because of my power, but because of your power that lives inside of me. Oh, yes. One more time, God. Uh, God of exceeding wing, God of
Someone just calling that great name. Someone just calling that name that erases all the pain, that erases all the doubt, that erases all the struggles. Jesus. Jesus. Let's just take a second to bask and to tarry here in this spirit. I get there's order, there's system, but let's just bask in this glory and in his presence for just a few moments. something that um, could be considered a little embarrassing but um, I still I still really like comic book characters I, I still really like Superman and Batman and Flash Flash is my favorite matter of fact in case any of you were wondering but recently I've been watching the uh, Superman show and there was this dilemma that he came across where even as powerful and as quick as Superman is, he couldn't be in every moment, in every trial, in every dilemma that he needed to be at. And so he was like, how can I, how can I be in everywhere at once? You know, of course, they, they solve it throughout that. That's not what's important here. But I was thinking, you know, that that's probably the most recognizable, most iconic superhero of all time. And he, he's not enough. The greatest imagination, the greatest hero that a human mind can concoct and that can inspire and make isn't great enough still. This guy has no flaws besides kryptonite and in this exact moment there was none present. And so even with his greatest weakness out of the way, he couldn't overcome and this is the best that a human mind can come up with. And so I was thinking, I was like, man, how powerful is God then? 
And it really put into perspective that, that when he said, you can't comprehend and you're not going to understand the intricacies of me, this is what he meant. Because even our greatest thought, even our greatest imagination, and we put it out there for the world on paper, isn't enough. But God is. But God is. Because I remember in the Bible somewhere, I can't write, quite recall right now, but it mentions that our God is omnipresent. Omnipotent. That means all powerful and in every place and where exactly he needs to be. And it doesn't matter how many of us, how many trials there is, because he's with us. Always. And it doesn't matter how dark it gets, he's there. He's faster than a speeding bullet. And in one leap he can jump over buildings. That's Superman. But God... He doesn't even have to exert that energy because he's already there on command. In a moment of an instant, if you call on that great name of Jesus, he is there. And I'm so, so grateful for that and that love. We don't do it because of the things that he has done for us. We don't do it because of all these great things, what he's famous for. But we do it just because that's who he is. And that's why we love him. And that's why he loves us. So at this time, if we could have the the ushers come to take our tithe and offering. So grateful for Jesus. So grateful for God. Coming and changing the plan of salvation to make it easier for us. Coming to make it where each and every one of us are filled with His power. With that same Holy Spirit to overcome all the same trials that He had to overcome. So, so grateful for that. Jesus, I pray that you'll touch each and every single mind and body here today, God. Under your authority and under your power, I plead your blood over each and every single situation that is present here tonight and across our community and our nation. Jesus, bless these givers, God. And bless those that are unable to give, Jesus. Bless us physically, financially, mentally and emotionally. In Jesus' name, amen.
God bless you as you're seated, and what a genuine joy it is to share heartbeats. People that care, that are concerned, that make the effort to be in the house of God so that the overflow of every other person literally helps to garner the glory that's in the house and then also it moves through the body of Christ. And, and so that is a really uh, phenomenon. Tonight, I would like to do whatever I can to help facilitate the dream and the vision that you have. The dream is usually a silhouette of yourself involved with somebody such as God and your future. The vision is how to get there. And a lot of people get those two mixed up. They, they think that the dream and the vision are the same thing. No, the vision is that you see a highway on a map. The dream is that you're going to go to Florida and you're going to be on a beach or go to Disneyland or Disney World, and, and that's the dream. The dream ought to be that you want to be everything that word declares you can be. And then you begin the artwork of living out the principles that reveal that dream in time. And, and so living in a microwave generation and a jet line generation, we want to all get there now. So I am going to mention a scripture that will help you to realize that you don't get everything in one service. Just like you don't grow to be 200 pounds in one meal. You got to work at it to get to 200 pounds. And, and you got to eat a lot because you use up quite a bit of that energy day by day. And so I encourage you to get the vision which is Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And so you cannot get that all in one moment. And so people talk about the joy of the Lord and, and doing right and how strong you'll be. Well, y you can eat 30 minutes from now, and uh, it'll probably be day after tomorrow before that food literally gets out to your muscles. So meditation becomes a critical issue of digestion. Meditate on the law of the Lord day and night facilitates the dream and prevails to help us walk in truth until the trail is unveiled completely. Because there are many turns in life's road. And you need a truth to get through the curves and to make the high places low and the low places high. That's the power of God unto salvation. And so a lot of people think because they're going through a valley that, that God has failed them. That's what the enemy wants people to think. No. The valley, he restores our soul. 
the mountain he allows us to see further than we could have ever seen in the valley. So that gives us a help in the strength of there is more future. So tonight, I want to talk about the king's highway. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture tonight. And so if you want to follow along with me in your Bible, uh, Proverbs 14, and uh, I'll begin reading at verse 5. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Now, when the Bible said, I'm going to give you power, and you shall be witnesses, is a critical part of what Proverbs is trying to suggest and reveal. Verse 6, a scorner seeketh wisdom, but won't find it. Knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. Go from the presence of a foolish man, and when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. But the folly of fools is deception. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, and that's all, all of this is leading to part of this statement, that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. The simple believeth every word. But the prudent man looketh well to his going. A wise man feareth and departs from evil. But the fool rageth and is confident. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. The simple inherit folly. But the prudent are crowned with knowledge. And, and when you put that with the scripture, my people are gone into captivity because of a lack of knowledge, you begin to sense what the Solomon is saying here. The verse 18, the simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge, and the evil bow before the good, or bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. So after that, in time, you see John's writing later on, and that is that John 14 and 1, 
when you read this, you, you get this little, what we would call little waves on the top of the water, what I just read to you. John 14 goes in right there and says, but don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's, and this is Jesus speaking and John's writing about him. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I go to prepare a place for, I wish somebody would say me. He's saying you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we don't know whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man cometh to the source of that life. Somebody say father. That means source. That's why God has really been hammering it on to me for us to get these details correct because Father is source. You know that because if you've ever had any children, the source of the children was the Father. The mother brought them to life, but the source was the Father. And But the Father is not the son or the daughter just because he sourced it. God is a spirit. No man hath seen God at any time and lived. And that's why Jesus said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father, because I and the Father are one, and I am now full of that source in the fullness of Jesus Christ. In him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Well, those are not just freak scriptures. They're not just associated out there. They identify this knowledgeable, helpful realization that in Jesus Christ dwelt all the fullness. And then out of that body that was tempted and tried, the spirit just like began to bring into a computer-type setting, and all of a sudden you pray in the name of Jesus and all of the temptations are met by the Word of God. And that's why when you study the Word of God to show yourself approved of God, all of a sudden the Spirit brings it to your head and says, Oh, oh I shouldn't have done that. Oh, 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 I should have done something different. And you don't want to miss that still, small voice. Nobody but you is going to hear it. And if you've got the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it, and that Spirit moves into you, and that's why you need to know the difference between a demon and an angel of God. And I have tried to do that a lot lately because a demon will cause you to satisfy flesh and satisfy your own feelings about how to treat others. Those are demons. Angels of God will always call a scripture up or a spiritual nature up that will cause you to forgive them before they ask, love them anyhow, be kind to them that despitefully use you, and all of the above. That's what angels do. 
They are there to strengthen you and keep you in the perfect law of liberty so that the freedom that God has promised is operative day after day. This stuff is critical. It's not like, oh, well, I'll just drink a little poison and see if it works. That's just be nuts. And we realize that. But to believe a lie is the same thing. It has the same disposition in your peace that passes understanding or the joy that's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so when we preach, we preach Jesus and him crucified and him resurrected because he went through every feeling that you would ever go through. So at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is God. None like him. And we ought to shout because of that. Not right now. I'm talking about we ought to shout every day. Oh, God, I thank you for letting me be in on this thing. Shout aloud, the Bible says, and praise him with a strong voice out of your heart. All right. So it... Verse 7, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you do know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father. Just after he hears this. And that will satisfy us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long with you? And yet thou hast not known me, Philip. You talking about a feeling. Philip. I mean, what in the world? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest then? Show me. The works that I do, I do not alone. But the Father that dwelleth in me, the source that dwells in me, he doeth the works. You're just seeing the flesh through which he's working. Oh, my. I'm about to shout. Because I know what you're going to do tomorrow. You're going to live above the flesh. You're going to think above flesh thoughts. And you are going to find the well that never runs dry. And you are going to find the oasis that you can put it in your vessel and you can share it with your neighbor because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And there's not enough TV stations to bury the power of the blood. There's not enough videos to stop the glory of mercy and truth that is marching through the land. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever was going to shout, you ought to be shouting in this generation to know him in the power of his resurrection and the authority of his name and the wisdom of his word somebody ought to stand and give him the praise he deserves right now you and I are training for the world that will soon be. It will be hell 
and torment to know the option that was available day after day, him knocking on the door day after day, and he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The memory of the church service, the memory of the ministry, the memory of the student study of the word will continually trail you until you harden your heart as in the day of provocation, the Bible said. And all of a sudden, you'll no longer be bothered by the word floating into your mind. Because once you harden your heart and he knocks and you turn him away or the door don't open, he will eventually cease to try to get your attention. Look at this. Luke 16 continually provides for us the opposing world to Christ-centered living. We're not going to go there. I talked about it this morning, the other day. Satan missed it. I'm not willing to follow a loser. He was cast out, but he's still alive. He is miserable, so he wants to make your life miserable. He'll lie. He'll torment you till you do give in to flesh if you're letting flesh live and dominate your thought patterns. You'll say things to kids, to family, to friends that hurt and disappoint and cause wreckage across communities. The church is a whole lot bigger deal than signing up for a trip out of here. The church is the therapeutic value of growing in grace and in knowledge and then exercising ourselves unto godliness and having a supervisor sort of look over the setting and make sure we're doing all of the above so we don't get off of the main highway and get off on some forlorn trip that's going to take us back into the wilderness where the, the things were not as they should have been 40 years. But at that time, God let them out. And he's trying to do the same for us now. But the light is going out on Motel 6. Darkness will cover the earth. That's a lack of knowledge. And all you got to do is see how empty the parking lots of churches are nowadays. All you have to do is witness the lack of strong, exuberant victories. Darkness will cover the earth again. That should not be a detriment to our thought patterns. That should be a realism of the one we serve who knows the front, the back, and everything in between. 
He said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the light and no man comes to the source but by me. But if any man will call on me, I will hear him and I will come to him and I will bring light, I will bring love, I will bring victory, I will bring passion, I will bring power, I will bring wisdom, I will bring knowledge, I will bring the fruit of the Spirit, I will bring the fruits of the Spirit plus the gifts of the Spirit and that way there will be supervision of the Holy Ghost and the fire of it and the wisdom of God will prevail against all the demons and dark moments and he'll give you light in the evening time and that's where we are I wish somebody would praise him hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have been around for years, and I'm telling you that there have been people that tried to prognosticate and forecast when Jesus was coming. I have a paper in my uh, office that I have kept went to college in St. Paul, Minnesota, and the guy that originated the college and could tell you the millennial days and could tell you the decades and he could tell you everything. And then he wrote a chart and said in 1977, Jesus will come back. Well, we're a little past that. Forty-five years past it. I don't have a degradation against him. But I want you to know that many nice, good people have tried to tell the day he's coming. And the Bible said, no man knows the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. But he said, these are the signs that will show that. Men, evil men, shall wax worse and worse. Seducers and lacking knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, it's getting dark when people that go to the house of God never live with God. When people that go to the house of God and never have the food that nourishes the people from the source of life. Ladies and gentlemen, I am preaching to us fervently and passionately because he cares about you. You and me. It's going to be too late to knock on the door of the ark when the flood comes. That's why I take every time we get this chance to Noah's ark in Branson, it amazes me that they don't mind revealing that a lot of people didn't get on the ark that they've told you don't have to do anything, you just saved. And at the ark, they know that people would know they were lying. But you go to Branson and you watch Noah's ark and you'll hear the sound of people wishing they could get in the ark. That's amazing to Pastor Meyer. So, <clears throat> my encouragement is to preach hard, to preach strong, to do more for you than the coach does 
for the football player, the baseball player, and the golfer, and all of that. No, you've got to stand exactly like this. If you've ever done any golfing, Brother Steve, and you've had a trainer at all, he told you where to choke up, how to position your feet, how to keep your eye. Yeah. They train people for perfection. But people want to sign a card at a church and think that they're perfect now and that everything's going to work out. No, 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 no. Daily bread. Daily prayer. Daily obedience. Working the work of the Father in our life and glorifying His name through our obedience, the Bible said. Satan missed it. Other angels that followed Satan in a supposed insurrection of taking over, doing life the way Satan wanted life to be. They are down there. They know what heaven's like. They are disappointed in themselves, and they don't want any of us getting the chance to go. But Pastor Meyer is overriding all the demons tonight because the Word of God overrides the demons, and the power of the resurrection is greater than the demons, and the blood of the Lamb slain is greater and more pure than the power of the demons. I'm telling you, purify your hearts. It's just a simple statement, but it has long-lasting effects, and that's why tonight we we're having the house filled with the glory of his word because the bread of life is what makes the strength of life work. So, many of the prophecies of the Bible, and I wrote all this out because I didn't want to forget it. Just as God began to give it to me, I wrote it as fast as I could. If God indulges the most sinful people, the most sinful people, with so much help, what do we think he has prepared for them that love him and keep his commandments? So he confesses, there are many surprises for the ones that can follow me through the tirade of tough times. Now you'll notice that that is my power transformation. I put it, there are many surprises. The scripture said that God hath prepared for them things that no man knoweth. I put it in here, God has many surprises for the ones that can follow me through the tirade of tough times. I have been the recipient of glories I didn't deserve. Going through things that were I was reaping from what I did or did not do. And yet in the middle of that, I found wells that I did not dig. I found bread that I did not work for. I found the water and the bread. And I cannot tell you what it was to find that kind of relief when I know that I have not been perfect. So I will donate the powers, he says. I will donate the strategy and the assistance of a five-fold ministry along with the Bible itself, and I will do more than that. Somebody say exceeding, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Most of us would be fine with just one angelic vision. But the angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him and delivereth them. 
the way they work is what I just mentioned to you. They bring thoughts of how to get it done. The demons will help you dig a bigger hole for yourself by using flesh ideas. Well, just go shoot them. Then you live with the guilt of shooting them plus the violation of thou shalt not kill. There's a lot of ways to kill people. You don't have to destroy their heart and their flesh. You can just kill their spirit. So ladies and gentlemen, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, is to continually cleanse, purify, elevate, move forward, get the strength, get the wisdom, get the light, get the glory, get the fervency, get the passion. And all of a sudden, there is no weapon form that can come against all of that. There's nothing that the devil can do to stop the church of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and those that are filled with his spirit and those that activate his faith in his word. So he confesses, there are many surprises for the ones that follow me. I will donate the powers, but more than that, I will send angels. Those thought patterns that cause you to want to ask forgiveness, but of course you've got those opposing demons that says they'll just make fun of you. No, no, no. Even a husband can ask a wife to forgive him if he does wrong. And the angels will absolutely minister to that person because they understand they're doing the God thing. That's huge. That's not elementary. That is amazing. And a wife the same. And the Holy Ghost will continually... uh, Brother Stephen... You come here. Now, just pretend you can't see me or hear me. Now, you know the other day, Miss Peter, my wife, uh, I want you to go and just hug her and tell her. Said, oh, honey, I'm not going to hear you. Now, she can't hear you. But you're just going to show up all of a sudden. Ladies and gentlemen, everything is recorded. But when action, book of Acts, action takes on the nature of all four Gospels and becomes a visibility through the work of the Spirit, all of a sudden, she's scooting over closer to him. And breakfast is going to be a whole lot better tomorrow. And then, when he gets home from work, she's going to be looking through the blinds and saying, Wow, you handsome duck, you. Oh, it won't be exactly like that. You know what I'm saying. 
There will be applause. There will be a thrill. There will be a joy at him coming home. I mean, he's been working all day, mowing and trimming hedges and, and then school now and, and all of this other stuff. And he, he wants to come home. Honey, have a good day today. Ladies and gentlemen, heaven's real. Hell is real. And I'm not willing for any to perish. That spirit is inside of me. I am willing to put my life on the line for this city and for this future and for this glory. I am willing to preach hard, preach long, preach and teach everything I can about that merciful God because I'm telling you I believe in an everlasting kingdom and I believe that hell is never ending and I don't want you being there. You deserve the best and I I want to give it to you beautiful wonderful and glorious and I want to preach it hard and preach it strong and teach it fast as I can but I don't want to cut any corners I want you to have a highway that will never end I want you to find a glory that will never cease to be powerful and revealing and enduring I want you to find the kingdom that God established so that you can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us that means the word Christ is the word in the beginning was the word the word became flesh the word and Jesus Christ are simultaneous it's phenomenal but you will be tested to see if it's fake or if it's a total commitment you'll be tested on your love that's the big one because love gives and one of the first things flesh wants to cut off is uh, when somebody violates them lust cuts them off and love goes to them That's what Jesus did for us. Our sins, though your sins be as scarlet, I will come to you and I will be your sacrifice and I will give my life for you. I will lay my life down and you can take advantage of understanding that when you lay your life down, The Spirit raises that kind of life up. And that's where Jesus came out of that grave. And he's come to you wonderful young ladies and this man here. And he has come to you wonderful people. And he loves you with an everlasting love. But at a certain point... Because you have resisted me. He said I will finally resist you. He said harden not your heart. As in the days of provocation. Or the days that I'm telling you about. 
because they provoke you. Provocation is provoking things, aggravating things, and worrisome type stuff. But he said, I will be to you a father in that day. And I will be your sacrifice. And all you have to do, you don't have to physically die. You can just die out to the lust of the flesh and crucify the flesh in its nasty voice of get back at people. And they did that to you and they deserve to hear you cuss them back or lie to them or or to hurt them in some way. No, no, no. He said, I didn't do that to you. I came to you when you were miserable and you'd spurned me and you had gone your own way. And I came to you in the middle of all that hell. And I said, come unto me. No imperfection in him whatsoever. Follow me and I will make you over again. And when I get finished making you over again, heaven will be a norm. You will rule and reign. You will be able to be over principalities and powers here. But as you became such a powerful person of principalities and powers conquered here you will be able to rule over many nations wow I see it lighten up in somebody's eyes right now thank you sir it makes you want to do whatever you've got to do to please him to eat bread every day that comes from the book to spiritually rise up in the peace and the power and the joy of the Holy Ghost. He said, in order for that to happen, Brother Stephen, you're going to be tested because you've got to be able to pass the test. I think I wrote some of this scripture down. The test will reveal your work. The Bible says it that way. Hebrews 11 does not hide the weak moments of life in all of those conquerors in Hebrews 11. But Hebrews 11 has a list of heroes. They were just like us. They were not perfect. When you read their history and and you see that some of them wound up being in Hebrews 11. Brother Anthony Mangan and I were talking about it a few years ago. And I said, you know, that Hebrews 11 sort of mystifies me. Because some of those guys I wouldn't have put in my heaven. And he said, you know, Bobby, he said, that's the way I think about it. But he said, I tell you what, we know they got there because he said they made it. And he said, that's the thrill of knowing that our people can overcome any deficit they ever went through and lived in.
because greater is he that is for you than he that is against us. And he can get you out of the worst mess of history that you've ever got yourself into because he is God and he is able to do exceeding abundant. Don't you let the devil curse you one more day and don't you let him put you in some weird prison of condemnation one more day. You look at him tomorrow and the rest of your tomorrows and I don't care what hell is breaking loose in your life. You remember that God sent Robert Meyer to preach about the name that's above every name and the way and the truth and the life that no man can create, but that God offers a disposition of every hell that you've ever faced, and he's offered disposition of every sin willfully that you've ever done. It ought to be easy to get up and shout when you know who your master is. It ought to be easy to rejoice at all the things that we have already overcome, and knowing that we overcame that we're about to overcome the rest of this whole show tonight as we end this service I want to tell you that God's on your side God doesn't care how many times you've turned him down he's available so how do you know that because he said his mercy endureth forever and ever and to all generations. No, I'm not preaching Bob Meyer or Robert Meyer or Lowell. You, you know there's a great poet that's named Lowell. That wasn't me. Let's stand. I am preaching, and hopefully every one of us that are in this building and listening online will reconsecrate ourselves to the obedience of the word. That's all I'm asking. And if you make a mistake, the Bible said, if you willfully sin, there is no advocate. But if because you do sin and you do wrong, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Watch this now. He is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins. That's a wonderful confidence builder. So if you're standing close to a relative or somebody that's a real close friend where one joins together with Jesus, you can put a thousand to flight. But where two join together in Jesus, you put 10,000 demons to flight. I want us to practice that tonight with family or a friend. Somebody close to you, take them by the hand or put your arm around them. It's time for the glory of the Lord just to release its energy into the depth of your spirit. I'm not looking for us to shout right now. We'll do that as we overcome. Tonight, what we want to do is join hearts and know without a question, God be for us. And if God be for us, who then can be against us? Sing, would you? And if you'd just like to slip down to the altar and just pour out some sacrifice, please feel free to do that. At your house, I encourage you to spend some time in prayer. That's it. There's a glory cloud. There's a glory cloud. A cloud of raining righteousness.
want to emphasize it one more time because it's a very important realization. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You got to understand that. The enemy would do anything he could, and God did not stop him beating on you with thought pattern after thought pattern to make you feel weird and uncomfortable. And he'll do anything. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials. Because the enemy will somehow get us to do things that later we feel guilty about. You got to have a good understanding. God is not willing that any should perish. I said, He's not willing that any should perish. He said, I will come to thee in the day of trouble, I will be with you in the adversity. I am that kind of God. I'm not a God like you think. The the people are heroes of this land. If you don't treat them right, they will treat you like they want to. But not our God. That's huge. He is faithful and just. Somebody say faithful. Faithful. And fair. Just. To forgive us all of our sins. Seven times 70 a day. What is that, you mathematicians? Is that 490 times a day? I don't think you can do bad 490 times a day. I've been watching y'all for a few years. So let's say you just do half of that. He's willing to forgive you because he wants you to do that for others seven times 70 a day. He is a double level deity if he expects you 490 times a day he'll do it 980 times a day but I wouldn't try to get used to it could we give him a big hand clap bigger than you're going to give the football players if they win the basketball players if they're your children I'm talking about he deserves a hand clap like wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the ministry. Thank you for the spirit. Oh, let's have a bass this week. Let's have a blast this week. Knowing we're the children of the almighty God. Hallelujah. Brother Dickey, would you close us in prayer? Hey, hold on just a minute. I, I, I got this weird thought right as Brother Dickie was praying. He got busted when he came here. He parked out back and the bus hit him. I left the bus out there and the thing was in neutral, rolled down and hit his nice van. 
and I felt like screaming. But he didn't say anything, but it's okay. But I try to remind him of how bad I feel every now and then. And now tonight I'm just thinking about you getting busted. And it's a high. Woo. 